Borough slump to the bottom of the championship with by far their worst performance yet. It's the Uruguayan curl to one in. What is up guys, Matthew here and welcome to another episode of Project Borough and well, I have never ever been happier to see an international break in my life. Borough slumped to their fourth defeat in five games, we've not won in any of our last ten and our last league win now come on the 19th of April at home to Hull City. We've played three games at home against Millwall, Huddersfield and QPR scoring once and we've conceded now a total of seven away from home, losing 2-0 to QPR here. And this this was by far the worst performance of the season for me. Normally you can pull out positives normally and in a lot of the, the you know a lot of the games this season you can look at some of the goals and say that was unlucky, that was unfortunate, you know, and maybe the scoreline didn't reflect the performance, but Borough got exactly what they deserved today, and that was that was nothing. Nothing. It was a shambolic, pathetic joke of a performance. The data will once again, maybe once again say that Borough were maybe slightly harshly on the wrong end of a result here, but at the same time, I think looking at how we were in possession, out of possession, some of the individual performances, our passing, our lack of intensity, our diabolical finishing, we got what we deserved. And that was nothing today. Because as we've been doing all season, we were creating chances. Latilaf must have been put through three or four times by some really good balls in behind by Hackney, McGree, and the likes, and could not finish any of them. Obviously, I'll, I'll go more deeper into the goals that we conceded, albeit one was an absolute screamer, which you've got to just hold your hands up and say, what a bloody strike. But of course, it's typical of Borough's season that a goal like that goes in. You know, the second is really bad once again, and just the lack of a reaction, or the lack of intensity to get back in the game, even from the first half, going into the second was just shocking there's just a way the way we're playing at the minute it's not working it's just not working and there are certain individuals that are just so far off it that need to be taken out of the team and we'll get on to a couple of players who shouldn't have been in the team and some individual performances that that certainly need to be looked into so first half was a pretty even half um i wouldn't say either side edged it you know i was Disappointed with Borough in the first half, I, I, I was still sat there just praying and hoping that this is finally going to be the game where we come flying out the blocks with a bit of intensity, playing a, a bit quicker, passing the ball around a bit more sharply and just being that real creative force and as we've done in every game so far this season we come out and we look so sluggish and so slow in possession we must be so easy to defend against because the ball was just being played side to side forwards then back there was no movement off the ball and that was the really frustrating thing players were just stood still getting the ball passed to them and then they'd move a bit and pass it to someone else who was stood still and it's just so easy to defend 
and even when we did get in behind a few times and we had a few flurries of really good movement we just couldn't finish it at all and you know QPR themselves also had some pretty good chances so there was no one who edged the first half I would say I wouldn't say we we should have gone into the first half thinking we were unlucky thinking we dominated I don't think QPR could say that they went into the first half the better side either but of course and this was what really frustrated me at half time I was looking at two sides who neither had looked particularly great both had half chances and hadn't took any of them and there was a lack of quality in the final third clearly but of course we go behind and I was saying this before the game to my friend Johnny from the Borough Breakdown this this could be exactly like the Huddersfield game if we concede first you know if we score first and I said this before the Huddersfield game as well the floodgates could open and we could we could go into that old mode where we score two three four whatever and we finally could just really bulldoze the team and get that big win or, you know, on, on the board and put some goals past the team. But if we don't score first, it's going to become frustrating, desperate. The fans are going to get frustrated and it's going to end the same way. And this arguably ended worse. And as we've done in every single game so far, we conceded first. And what you can do about this, I really don't know. What I will say, Borough had their chances up until this point to have took the lead. We didn't take them. And, you know, I was frustrated at the time because I was sort of sat there thinking, of course, this is the goal we concede. You know, looking at the goals we've conceded thus far this season, they've been against the run of play. They've not been from really well-created chances. And I just thought, of course, they take a hit from 25 yards out and it literally hits the top bin. It, it literally goes in off the post. If it was a Borough player who'd, who'd struck that, it would have probably ended up in Rosehead. And I thought, and I was frustrated because I thought, once again, we've, we've gone behind when we necessarily didn't deserve to. But the more I think about it, it's a fantastic effort. It's a wonderful strike. You can't take anything away from it. And Borough simply up until that point hadn't been sharp enough, hadn't played quickly enough, were too slow, too sluggish. And couldn't finish the chances we did create. So we went in 1-0 behind. Whether it was whether it was against the run of play, whether it was deserved, whether it wasn't deserved, it is what it is. But you expect changes at half-time. You expect an injection of pace and intensity. And there was nothing. We were exactly the same second half. We were slow. We were very narrow as well. And this is something that really baffles me. Something that was a real benefit of Borough last season was our width. We were able to play with real width. We put some fantastic balls into the box and caused plenty of problems. But we're just playing so narrow at the moment. We're trying to play intricately through the middle. Engel was barely getting forward down the left-hand side. We weren't obviously going to get much from McNair on the right. But we were just playing so narrow, trying to cut our way, pass our way, you know, tippy-tappy our way through through a team. And it's just not coming off. Players were just playing the ball too slowly. They weren't able to hold on to it. They were losing possession. And we that was all we were doing. It didn't seem like we were trying anything different. And ultimately, we were, again, looking like we could have been there for all week. And we, we, we wouldn't score. And just, you know, when we thought maybe we might nick a late goal like we did against Huddersfield. Nick a equaliser. Which would have still been a really frustrating result. Dropping points at home. We go and concede a second. And, you know, this again is, is really, really poor defending. On the left-hand side, you know, I, I can't remember. Well, it might have been Chair. 
Beats two Borough players on the left. Engel, I don't quite know what he was doing, to be honest. Sticking a foot out lazily, ricochets back. Into the path of the QPR player, charging into the box. The initial shot is cleared, a good block from McNair, but Colback has got all the space in the world to have a free shot at the Borough goal and, you know, puts it in the back of the net. And, and it's 2 not it's game over, because we, we never looked like scoring one, never mind two, and the rest of the game was just frustration. Passes way over hit. Players just not on the same wavelength, and any of the chances we did get, finishing was abysmal. So, I've just got nothing more to say, other than this was just a shocking performance across the board from everyone. Passing, terrible. Defending, woeful. Finishing, shocking. And QPR, nowhere near their best. Nowhere near a team you'd look at and say, wow, we were well beaten there. And that's the frustrating thing. I would happily sit there in the stand and say, wow, we were well beaten by a very good team. A bit like you could say when we played Coventry in the playoffs. You know, you sit there and say, wow, Matt Robbins has tactically absolutely done as a fair player. But this is another case where we've got players there who are so much better than this. So much better than this. And they're just not showing their potential. They are shot of confidence and they're trying to play a style which simply just is not working and what is the answer I don't know and I'll get on to you know the reaction and Michael Carrick and everything after I sort of talk about the players individually so this was the team that Carrick went with Senna Dieng in goal as you'd expect the back four was the back four you'd expect of course McNair come in for Tommy Smith who might still be suspended I believe from his red card last week Hackney and Housen stayed in there obviously we've got a new signing uh, Lewis O'Brien on the bench and he started Isaiah Jones on the left Sammy Silvera over McGree once again on the right with Rodgers in the usual number 10 and Ladilath up front I just did not understand why he didn't start Riley McGree now McGree didn't make the impact that I assumed and hoped he would when he did come on today, but he had such an impact in midweek in the cup. He started, he, he set up a goal, he scored another wonderful one, and I just think was, you know, he's just a one of our best technical players in midfield. And I was shocked when he wasn't given a start, and once again, Carrick opted for Sammy Silvera. And I just don't understand why Carrick is continuing to persist with Sammy Silvera. Don't get me wrong, he's new, it's a new league, he's trying maybe too hard at times and his confidence will undoubtedly be damaged by some of the utter sitters he's missed so far this season. But he needs time out the team. Carrick cannot keep persisting with him and I have no idea how he lasted 90 minutes here. You know, he made a change at one point, taking off Jones for McGree, but Asai was our best player at that point. He was one of our only few shining lights, especially down that right-hand side. And he chose to take him off over Silvera, who was having a shocker for McGree. It just baffled me. I think I think starting 11-wise, Carrick definitely got that wrong once again with Silvera over McGree and his substitutes as well. Firstly, he should have made them at half-time. I don't know why he waited. Um, and two, I don't know why he took... Um, I don't know why he took Jones off for McGree instead of Sammy Silvera. But as for the, the back four, I mean, once again, I'm not even going to say, you know, a Dieng. He, he, again, he's been helpless with the goals that we've conceded. One was right in the top corner, nothing you could do. And the second was really poor defending, where Jack Colback had literally a free shot in Borough's box to absolutely slam home. The backs, the centre backs, I don't know what more to say about the centre backs. Again, not at fault individually or as a pair for any of the goals, but are just surrounded by a team that is just so poor out of possession. Paddy McNair on the right, 
he did okay. I, I don't think we've got a particularly informed right back right now, and he's the obvious and maybe the only choice if Smith was suspended and Dyke Steele was injured. He was steady without being spectacular, and Engel still is just not quite up to speed. I'm not going to judge him too much yet because, you know, he's he's new and he's only been here for a few games, but there were times in the first half especially where he just looked like he lacked a bit of confidence, he wasn't getting forward as much. This could be the style that Carrick has, has, has adopted and told us to start playing, where we're playing a lot more narrower and our wingers and fullbacks are, are inverting inwards instead of staying out wide. So maybe that's why, you know, he wasn't getting forward as much and he was coming inside, but... Uh, that was a big part of our attack last season was our was was how effective we were down the left or right Giles and and without that bit of armory in Borough's arsenal taken out of the side Nengel just isn't getting forward enough for me whether he's been told to do that or it's a lack of confidence from him yeah he wasn't particularly great defensively at times today and wasn't great for their second goal either Hackney and Housen Housen had a shocker a rare off day for Housen Hackney didn't really do much today. I'd say, again, the midfield was very passive. Didn't influence the game at all. Would pass the ball from one side to the other. There were plenty of moments where players were making good runs in behind. Like Laugh was making continuous runs. Even Engel at some point was making good runs, as was Severin Jones. The midfield just wasn't picking them out. We were just pick, We were choosing the simple ball every time. Not trying to risk a ball over the top. Not taking a chance enough. Is that a confidence thing? Maybe, but you know, in midfield it was just passing the ball side to side, the simple short pass, no movement, not enough speed, really slow and really ineffective. As I said, Isaiah Jones was probably our best attacking player. I thought he was really sharp at times today. Carrick keeps putting him on the left and I don't understand what he's trying to do, turning Jones into an inverted winger coming in off the right. I mean, Jones doesn't have a left foot for starters, and isn't the best crosser of a ball when it comes to whipping a ball in. He's very good at beating a man and putting a low cross in from the byline off the right. So why Carrick is playing him on the left and switching him and Silvera, I don't know. I actually thought Silvera looked a threat at times coming in off the left, but yeah, again, his shot and his final ball was just not good enough and um, he lost possession too many times and again looks shot of confidence but um, yeah I, I don't understand what Carrick's trying to do with Jones if you're going to play him play him on the right and um, you know he certainly was one of our better players I couldn't believe he was stuck off instead of Silvera who needs time out the team as I've said confidence is on the floor Rogers had a bad game again doesn't influence the game enough for me there's certainly signs that he can play in that position we've seen them we're used to having a really influential player in there, like we did Akpom last season. I think it's really important that the player who plays in number 10 is up there supporting Latilaf because Latilaf needs someone to support him up top. And the game passed Rodgers by. Every time he tried to hold up the ball, he was getting swamped by QPR defenders. The ball just wouldn't stick. He tried to trick his way out of holes at times and... Yeah, lost possession way too many times and got took off and didn't have a great game. And, you know, as much as he probably is the best player for that position, puts one hell of a downgrade on Chubrak Pum and he just doesn't influence the game anywhere near enough as he should in that position for me. And Lati Laugh, you know what? You can't knock his endeavour and his effort, but for me, his finishing was not good enough today. And and I said this when he signed, I'm excited by Lati Laugh and there is... I would be more worried and concerned if he wasn't getting into these positions because, you know, he's making the runs 
and more often than not, the players in behind him just aren't even passing the ball to him, not even trying to get him in um, when he is making the runs. But he, he was presented with chances today, and he didn't take them. And he was took off for Josh Coburn, and I love Josh, and I think he will come good, but I was hoping he would go out on loan. Borough obviously didn't get a striker in, and I'll talk more about our transfer window in another video. Brooks would have been the backup today had Latilath gone off, and I don't think we can rest our expectations and the pressure on goals on Josh Coburn. So that, for me, is an area which we failed to fill in the transfer window. Latilath needs competition at a good enough level, because if he's not on form and firing, I don't see anyone else who can come in up front and be anywhere near prolific enough to get us the goals. So I think that was the first sign and the first red flag today that if Latilath's not on it, we've got a bit of a problem up front and that now can't be solved, which is frustrating. As for the subs, uh, McGree did okay when he come on. I think he's just a better player and should start over Silvera. I thought Greenwood did okay when he come on alone signing from Leeds. Of course, looks good from a set piece. Coburn did okay, but again, didn't really do much in the game. And I thought O'Brien was the brightest of the substitutes. Looked really good in midfield, was really good on the ball. You know, made a few decent tackles and looked eager to get forward. Looks a, a complete package in midfield, and I'd like to see him start a few games as we move forward. But here we go, these are the stats, and this is deja vu from Borough Games gone by. All the possession, Underachieving with our expected goals, 1.31, one we didn't score. And again, we've lost out to a team who had a lower expected goals than us, who have majorly overperformed with QPR, only having an expected goals of 0.6, and they scored two. So that means that I think Borough, at least at the time of the first goal going in, had conceded 10 goals from the 14 that we've seen against us on target. And it's probably 11 on maybe 15 or 16 shots on target because I think Dian had to make one save first half. So again, it completely put you know follows the 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 theme and this is something I wanted to talk about because you know the, a big excuse and this is so similar to last season. It's scary. Borough and the data at least is proving that we are creating chances and we're not putting them away. And the opposition isn't having to create much to score past us. Now, of course, you look at the goals we've conceded, a lot have been unfortunate, a lot have been bonkers goals, like this, like the first one from today, but there has to come a point where you just stop looking at the data and you start thinking, this must be happening for a reason. You know, and I guess one answer is, well, if you don't take your chances, you get punished. But at the same time, we are just conceding so much from literally every every shot on our goal at the moment. And I don't know if it's the setup, I don't know if it's the defending, I don't know if it's a bit of bad luck, or if it's all of the above. But something simply has to change, because whatever we're doing at the moment isn't working, especially going forward. I don't know what has happened to the intensity that we played at last season and the tempo. It is so slow and pedestrian and even when we have a period of really good play where we pick up the pace we maybe drive inside get a shot off it's blocked and the ball comes back out and we recycle possession instead of instantly going and you know having another wave of attack we stop and slow the ball down and it's like we reset back to a static and allow the team against us to get back into shape and, and then we start again and it's just so pedestrian and so slow and yeah, you know, the finishing was, was really poor today and I, I am concerned a little bit that if Latte Laft's not on form, I don't know where the goals are coming from and I am just 
concerned by us defensively at the moment just with the sheer number of goals we are somehow conceding you know how long does it become a freak trend that eventually evens itself out to something that is a genuine genuine concern that needs to be looked into i really don't know but as you can imagine the reaction after this game was pretty negative and understandably so a lot of question marks are made about michael carrick and what i will say there are concerns in the sense for me that this is continuing on from last season and there is maybe a question that needs to be asked that that wonderful season we had last year and the wonderful run we went on under Carrick how much of that was down to Carrick and the players or all the players that he had at his disposal you know the Archers the Akpoms the, the, the Giles the Ramses you know were we bailed out and made to look better and was Carrick maybe made to look better as a manager because of the quality we had and that even when we were still pretty bad in defence we would outscore teams and it would get us out of trouble and all of them defensive frailties weren't exposed and they were forgotten about whereas now we don't have the quality to lean on like we did last season we were very fortunate with the players we had and obviously the players we've got now can still come good in time but as for right now I don't know if there's an argument to say that maybe Carrick is being exposed slightly by the fact he doesn't have the same level of quality to lean on like he did last season I don't know if that's maybe exposing Carrick and that we you know he needs to do do something he needs to change something to make us better defensively and I think this this is the making of Michael Carrick now because we were always going to hit a sticky patch under him and this is the first time he's faced one in his career so you know we can't just rip up the rule book and get rid of him because he's hit his first bump in the road this was always going to happen it's about how he gets us out of this for me it's about his plan b it's about what changes and tweaks he makes to get the best out of this team and i think so far what he's trying and i don't quite know what he's trying it ain't working for me. We're playing way too narrow. We're playing inverted. We're coming inside. We're not utilising the width we did last season. And it's just getting cut out in the middle of the park. And we're just too slow on the ball. We're too slow without the ball. Players aren't moving around enough when we're in possession. We're too passive out of possession. There's plenty of things for him to work on. And this, this will be the making or the breaking of Michael Carrick for me. Um, depending on what he can do to sort this out because looking at the table five games in is a ridiculous time to start you know prejudging and start worrying you know that the old cliche is that you don't judge a league table until at least 10 games but I will say this we're halfway there and I'm so relieved we've got an international break coming up because we desperately desperately need it just to reset and go again after the break but things do have to improve once we're back from the international break I mean last season let's not forget Chris Wilder had a very similar start where results were shocking even though the data wasn't as bad as it maybe looked but it didn't pick up it didn't get better and come October we were third bottom and Steve Gibson made the change and Steve Gibson's done this so many times he sacks managers in October Quite commonly, if things aren't going well, it, it's it's sort of the period he's happy to, you know, drop the guillotine on a manager's head. And by the time we get back off the international break, we've got some fixtures coming up, and none of them look good. And all I'm saying, and I'm not for one minute assuming that, you know, we're, we're going to be in deep trouble and Carrick's going to get sacked or anything. But looking at the fixtures we've got heading into October. Blackburn away, we never win there. That's going to be tough. Sheffield Wednesday away could be a must-win by that point, and it's a game we should win. If we don't win that, good grief. Then we're home to Southampton. 
who are an enigma in themselves, but that's a big game. Take the cup game out of it, they were then at Watford, which is another place we tend to not do well at. So three of our next four are away from home, and I genuinely don't see where we pick up a win other than at Hillsborough. And you're then heading towards the 10 game mark when we're at home to Cardiff, and we're away at Sunderland. If we're in a similar position by that point, 10 games in, and there's not at least a sign of improvement, I think questions will be asked, and that's the point. If there are signs of improvement, you can kind of, you know, get on board with what's going on and you can sort of accept it, but at the minute, there was an improvement against Huddersfield. We went backwards when we then lost to West Brom. You then pick up with a win in midweek against Bolton, which again, in the first half, we weren't great, we were pretty bad. Rescued it in the second half, and you think, right, let's kick on now. And then we go and drop a clanger like QPR. So there isn't a sign of progression, there isn't a sign of improvement. So if Carrick's given a two-week international break, and then another run of games, and things don't change, something could happen at the start of October. All we can hope is that in this period, we start picking up results and things start moving in the right direction and maybe these freak crazy goals we're conceding when teams are creating barely anything stop going in and we start finishing our chances but as it stands things are bleak and there's not much else you can really say about it i am delighted for this international break things need to change things need to improve we need just a win one win could change everything. It could give us the confidence we need because I'm sure if this team was fully, you know, playing at the top of their game, fully confident, it would be a dangerous side. But there are no signs at the minute that things are going to turn for us. And the data can say what it wants, but at the end of the day, it's a results business. And if the results don't change, then fans will turn. They already are in some corners, which I think is way too early. But, you know, give it another five games, if we're in a similar position, Gibson has showed last season he's willing to, to, to change things up. And is there a reason why he'd treat Carrick any differently to Wilder? There probably shouldn't be. I would personally prefer us to stick and you know, give him a chance, it's his first job, and, you know, see how we can get through this difficult spell, and hope that, you know, we can get through it, and, and that ripping up the rule book, uh, you know, at the first hurdle is probably the wrong thing to do, and it just resets this endless cycle that we probably don't need right now, but at the same time, you know, there's only so much you can take before fans start turning, and players lose confidence in, in what they're being told to do, and whatnot, so, Borough aren't quite at a crossroads yet, but the, the games after the international break are huge absolutely huge because by 10 games in if we're in the bottom three and I know we went on this mad run last season and it's easy to say you know Borough could go on a run like that again and save the season and make something of it and it is probably too early in October to still judge where we're at but we don't want to fall too far behind if we have aspirations of doing anything this season I'm going to leave it there because I am still so frustrated and annoyed with this performance today. It was an absolute shambles and we can only hope that with two weeks on the training ground, things pick up and we can come back fresh after the break, get that first win, get on a run and before we know it, a few results this period will be put behind us. But I'm going to leave it there because I'm ranting and rambling on and it's not going to do anyone the world of good, is it? So that's what my thoughts on today's game and, and Borough as a whole, really, um, yeah roll on this break we desperately need it if you've enjoyed this video do it the like button and subscribe for more i will bring a championship roundup video out in the next day or two what was a bonkers weekend in the championship so many upsets um which has really flipped the table on its head i'm going to review boris transfer business and do a revisited league table prediction 
based off of the transfers and how teams have started the season. So that's going to fill up the international break before we're back with more Project Boroughs in mid-September. But until then, guys, comment below your thoughts on Boroughs' performance, whether you're a Borough fan or an opposition fan. And until next time, this is the last Project Borough for two weeks. Thank God. See you next time.